Damn, 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 son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 93 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Fumble God Gordon, and I'm here with the guys. We are rocking with a trio. Y'all got any a.k.a.s for yourself? Uh, A.k.a. Happy Thanksgiving. Nothing special this week, but we should get some good football tomorrow, so that's nice. Okay. Uh, tired of seeing the Cowboys at Thanksgiving. But anyway, uh, a.k.a. Keese, uh, a.k.a. pulling up the grandma's looking real crispy tomorrow. You see this shit? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yeah, you you is looking fresh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's facts. Okay, we'll be moving a little bit differently this week, and we're going to start with our recap of week 11 before getting into week 12. So Sam is going to kick us off with our fantasy segment. So we're talking fantasy for week 11. We're going to start off with the bad and get into the good. There was a lot of good, but we're going to have to start off with the bad. And for every fantasy bust this week, I seem to have them on at least one of my fantasy teams. So these these sting extra hard. So the first dishonorable mention of this week for week 11 is Deontay Foreman running back for the Panthers. He had 11 carries for 24 yards. No catches after he'd been off to a very hot start to lead back in Carolina post the Christian McCaffrey trade. Um, this is not to say that any of these are bad players, um, but we are disappointed in their performance this week. Um, the second dishonorable mention has to go to the Texans rookie running back, Damian Pierce, also a player who's been off to an excellent start of the season or uh, up to this like two-thirds point into the season. He's been awesome, uh, definitely up there for offensive rookie of the year contention, but he had a rare off week. He had 10 carries for eight yards, and then he had two catches for nine yards. The Texans' offense as a whole looked awful, which is why they're switching things up at quarterback. Um, so hopefully Damian Pierce can can get going uh, in the new-look Texans offense this week. But fantasy bust of the week has to go to the entire Vikings offense uh, and mainly Kirk Cousins. Um, but he also caused Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson to be big busts this week. Kirk Cousins ended uh, the day as a quarterback with 2.2 fantasy points. He went 12 for 23, had 105 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Justin Jefferson, who has been the wide receiver three on the year, had six total fantasy points, uh, and that killed me because I, am start- I was starting both of them uh, in the same league. So that oh, was – <laughs> A little rough. And then for our fantasy players of the week, the booms of the week, I have to go honorable mention Saints quarterback Andy Dalton. He went 21 for 25 on pass attempts, had 260 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 22 fantasy points, and a win against the defending Super Bowl champion uh, Los Angeles Rams, who at this point, are looking a little depleted. And by a little depleted, I mean they are looking like a complete dumpster fire. We will get into that, I'm sure, uh, much more in our recap of last week. And then the the surprising player of the week or the fantasy boom of the week player has to go to Samaj Pirine, running back for the Bengals. Carried the ball 11 times for 30 yards, but he also added four catches for 52 yards and three touchdowns in a 37-30 to win over the Steelers in week 11. Um, 
And he looked great filling in for Joe Mixon, who did have to leave the game in concussion protocol, who he is expected to play uh, week 12 for the Bengals. But um, in the case that he doesn't, P. Ryan is looking like a really good option for fantasy managers to potentially fill in for Joe Mixon if he does miss games and even games where Mixon does play because Mixon did play the majority of this game. It still looks like P. Ryan could still be getting uh, some action in the past game and has a, a solid connection with Joe Burrow. So he's definitely the surprising player slash fantasy boom of the week for week 11. And the big difference for him, Sam, is just how he can play in the past game. Cause I don't think he's catching Joe Mixon running, but like he is pretty, I don't know. In the past game, he does well for him. Joe Mixon does too, but he does well additionally too. It's pretty neat. That's a fact. And he he did such a good job of just letting the blockers create lanes for him and just finding that perfect lane to the corner of the end zone. It seemed like he was like hitting the pylon or the very corner of the end zone every time. So if they can get him more of that screen work, especially – it seemed to work, and at the very least, defenses will have to think about it, and they can maybe get some, like, down-the-field action with Jamar Chase coming back with with T. Higgins if they have that uh, big passing threat out of the backfield, which Joe Mixon, like, he's he's kind of a great just, like, classic running back, hand him the ball, runs up the middle, and, like, uses his blockers and makes lanes and is really good in the red zone. But he hasn't been great in the passing game, so seeing P. Ryan emerge there is good for the Bengals' offense as a whole, just like outside of fantasy, exactly like Keese was saying. So that is it for the fantasy segment. Um, we can move into just players of the week in general outside of fantasy if y'all are ready to move on. Let's do it. Bet. I got you guys. So players of the week, uh, shout out to Terrence, you know, Twig Street Baby. Hopefully his ass is on the way to Florida right now. But, you know, I don't know what he got going on. But he, I better see him tomorrow. Anyway, special teams player of the week is his rookie cornerback, uh, Marcus Jones. The uh, Jets and Patriots game was ass. It was 3-3 for a long time. <laughs> Looked like it was going in the OT. And then uh, old boy just got shifty. He didn't really get shifty. He went to, like, just one side of the field. And no one just cut him off. And he was like, oh, God. So he got missing for the touchdown to win. No OT. That was pretty dope to see, honestly. I've never seen a walk-off punt like that. I mean, I probably have, but I can't remember the last time I saw one. That was nice to see. Uh, we had Cordell Patterson doing something pretty major. He's the leading kick return all time for touchdown, like uh, kick return touchdowns. He passed Devin Hester, which in I'm letting you know how insane this is. I think this is insane because everyone on this pod right now knows who Devin Hester was, especially Ant. So the fact that he was able to pass him I think is major. But I also will not be naive and remember that people are not kicking to that motherfucker, Devin Hester, a lot of the time. Granted, Ant brought up a good point in the Super Bowl. They kicked straight to him. But there was a lot of times they, that motherfucker didn't get his hands on the ball because they weren't kicking to him. But nonetheless, shout out to Cordell Patterson for, you know, all time. That's a big accomplishment. And he's older. He's, he's like 32, bro. He's 32, 33. He's an older cat. So him doing that is pretty major. Uh, offensive player of the week, Tony Pollard, getting loose, getting shifty. Two touchdowns, 189 total yards. Looking ridiculous. Probably pretty sure he's going to look crazy tomorrow. Uh, so he's Yo, he off. played himself into a bag. Yeah. And it's, a bag. Weird. it's weird because he's not like an every down back. And he's still going to get the bag. You Is he not an every down back because they are running the team through Zeke because they're paying Zeke like 
a ridiculous no, I, amount of money? Or do no, you think he's like, actually not an every down back? No, I feel like he's not an every down back. Like, you know, like Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, even Joe Mixon, like those dudes don't really get tired. You bring them like Joe Mixon only gets swapped out like uh, uh, Sam brought up for the passing game. You know what I mean? Derrick Henry, you're like, okay, we can't really use you pass catching. We swap him out. But I don't think Tony Pollard, I feel like he's just not – I feel like his gas tank isn't going to last that long. Because he, he – would. but that's the thing. People might change it. He might not return kicks and stuff. So if you're just telling him to only be uh, yes, running back, you, then you, I'm excited to see what it's – We'll see what you can, can use him like they use Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Yes, sir. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know if he can do it. Like, I'm not saying he can't do it, but I want to see if he can. So, uh, defensive, I know this is going to come to shock to a lot of people. We got Jason Pierre-Paul. This man had a quiet, weird game that was really good. He had uh, a sack and a pick. Then he had two tackles, two tackles for a loss. It's the most weirdest shit I've ever seen. The man has a nub on one hand. And he still was able to get this pick. Shout out to him. It was fucking crazy. Those are the players of the week. Woohoo. All right. All right. Yo, let's get into the news and the things that have started popping off as we go into week 12. <laughs> so, news. We're going to start off with some good news. Um, since I started off with the negative on the, the fantasy players of the week. Good news, Bengals star wide receiver Jamar Chase is expected to play this week against the Titans. According to Joe Burrow when speaking to the media at practice today, Chase has missed the Bengals' last three games with a hip injury. Having him back will be big as they continue to make a playoff push coming off a win against the Steelers. Quarterback Carson Wentz returned to practice for the Commanders. Backup quarterback Taylor Heineke has led Washington to a 4-1 and record in the five games that Wentz has been out. And head coach Ron Rivera said that Heineke will continue to start because they are winning. Rivera no. said he's spoken to Wentz about the decision when asked by reporters um, and that Carson is cool with it. But there has to be some weirdness when the GM makes a move for a quarterback over the offseason and then the coach kind of goes against them and picks the backup over the player they went out to get. Uh, there's always one of them can win games. (laughs) See, that was and he was always there for cheap, and they gave up a lot of cap space and picks. For they didn't even have to do that, bro. They could have just remember when I was saying they should just keep Tyler, like I was like, use the money to go get other people, and they didn't do that. And now they're sitting here like, oh, we're just starting them anyway. And Wentz is on the bench with 20 million, like that 20 million could have got you. Some offensive line help. Another Rupa Smith. <laughs> bro. Like, I just think that's like bogus because t- like Taylor Heineke is not bad. He's not great, but for some reason that team plays really well with him. Yeah, I mean, he's like when you look at the box score for just like Taylor Heineke's player stats after the game, you're like, this guy isn't that good. But for some reason he is able to rally Washington and play with a different energy that they looked so bad with Carson Wentz starting at quarterback. Like there were some flashes where Jahan Dotson looked nice, but like, especially Terry McLaurin was just being like underutilized to a point that people were kind of questioning is, has he been overrated to this point? And as soon as Taylor Heineke is back and starts again, that it, 
it's clearly not the case. It's just interesting when it's seemingly that the coach's decisions end up stepping on the toes of the GM. Um, and we have a couple of instances of quarterback decisions this week where that's happening. So I'll go into the next one real quick, which is that the Panthers are making another quarterback change. Sam Darnold is going to be the starter for Carolina's week 12 game against the Broncos on Sunday. The team announced that uh, he would be the third quarterback for them to make a start this season. Darnold was the starter for the majority of last season before the team acquired Baker Mayfield, who has struggled to stay consistent in Carolina. Another kind of example of the new coaching regime in Carolina stepping on the toes of some of the off-season decisions made by uh, upper management. I think ultimately that is probably the right decision, especially coming off the game that they just had against Baltimore, where they completely got shut down. Um, I feel like throwing Sam out there and seeing what he has, uh, especially because, I mean, that's also a player they went out and got the season before. So it's not like he's just sitting there for nothing. So seeing what he has is maybe worth it. But, I mean, the quarterback situation in Carolina, it seems like they're going to be drafting a quarterback They're having a mid-off this summer, no? Yes, they're yeah. having a mid-off. They're, Bro, they're literally having another, a mid-off. They're going to draft another quarterback? I think they just cut, took Matt Corral. Like, granted, he got injured this year. <laughs> they're going to go take another – well – I mean, would you be shocked? The Panthers bro, are a disaster. Bro, they're going to do it. That's the thing, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, this is sad. Sam Darnold is saving your season. No, probably not. Uh, we get but DJ tank, Moore for the free next year. <laughs> tank, tank for CJ Stroud or something, I guess. Um Bears quarterback Justin Fields is dealing with a separated shoulder. It leaves him questionable for this week's game against the Jets. Fields told reporters, quote, I have a separated shoulder with a partially torn ligament, basically an AC joint. Via the athletics, Kevin Fishbane Fields later said the decision to play Sunday against the Jets will be his. He said, quote, coach said it's up to me. They want what's best for me. So that's something that's nice to hear, especially given – uh, kind of what we saw happen with like Tua. That. I don't like that. You I don't, don't like that. Because Tua probably talking. would have played in that game still. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the coach being like, it's up to you. It should, it should be, like, unless the doctors are like, you cool? Like, yeah, it should be I read, up to I, you. I guess I read that as, like, more cautionary than anything. But you raise a good point is that the player is always going to want to play. Especially the quarterback um, that's supposed to be leading that team. Yeah, probably not the move. They should probably just sit him in that game. Or, I mean, if he's good to go, he's good to go. And maybe it's not so much of a thing. But hopefully Dave he's says, uh, do not by let, doctors. Do not let that man play. <laughs> Jesus effing Christ. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck JFC meant. I was, I was like, what? I mean, he's not wrong. I, I'm. Do you I'm want like, him to play Sunday, Obuli? I should want him to play, but I don't if he's not not healthy because it's not worth it's not worth larger damage being done to his shoulder, especially the way he has to use his legs. Not even just on design runs because, like, the pocket will break down. Sit him, bro. He's going to get injured again. Sit Thank him. you. The way he yeah. plays, 
the way the what you guys asked of him, there's not enough talent around for him not to play like that. I would honestly, if that if it's bad enough where you he would he would miss three weeks, I'd sit him for the year. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just sit him for the year because you're not gonna make the playoffs, and I'm not gonna be like, hey, go get injured. Like, no, because the offensive line is not gonna get any better at this point. Like, he's not gonna magically get any more weapons on offense. I would just be like, you know what? Let's just sit him. We'll build up and this offseason, we'll actually go get him, people. You know what I mean? Because he's already showed you what the trajectory of what he's going to do, like at, like at a building block. So you know what you – you see what you're going to get out of him. So let's – hey, we'll run it back next year. Not like you guys are going nowhere this year. Pack it up. Nah. I'm, I, I, I just – you don't even have to pack it up for the whole season, but you definitely should pack it up for until his shoulder is healthy again. Like, there's a middle ground of just, like, we are going to put him out there when he's at risk of a larger injury. Feels just, like, simple. Let's let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah. In other injury news, the Rams rule out quarterback Matthew Stafford for Sunday's game against the Chiefs. Bryce Perkins will get the start. Uh, Stafford sustained a concussion in their game against the Saints and – so, yeah, he will be out for at least one game this week. Uh, but they've said they also haven't ruled out him possibly missing multiple games. The Rams also cut running back Daryl Henderson. He was picked up by the Jaguars off waivers, which kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. Their running back situation all year has been super weird. Cam Akers is a starter at first. He can't get any traction, yards per carry, can't do anything, gets demoted to not getting any carries. Daryl Henderson is the guy for weeks on end. Cam Akers is seemingly back in favor and getting carries again. And there was a trade request in between there. You forgot the Cam Akers trade request, and now Cam Akers is RB1, and Daryl Henderson got cut. Yep, and uh, so that leaves Kyron Williams is the RB2 for the Rams, who's definitely someone – to look for, uh, look out for from a potential like fantasy perspective, he could be getting a lot more work going forward because I mean the, the Cam Akers experiment has been tried over and over again by the Rams, so I don't necessarily see that sticking the whole season. But the problem is they can't get anything going because their offensive line has Shit. been horrible all year. So. I, I don't know if it really matters whether it's Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, or, or Kyron Williams. I don't know if any of them are going to be seeing a lot of production until the O-line situation improves. And the Rams are a team that I feel like we haven't given enough flack to. to on this podcast. I think uh, uh, we were just, like, holding out that this team couldn't possibly be this bad, like, eventually – they'll turn it around. But I think it's like safe to say two thirds into the season that the Rams are one of the worst Super Bowl defending teams of all time. Like this is one of the most disappointing seasons that a Super Bowl contender, especially one that didn't lose anyone. No, 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 no. They lost lost OBJ. They lost their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. And that offensive line has been like one of the main reasons why they can't get anything. Lost Robert Woods. Yes, and Robert Woods, facts. But the, at least they kept sort of the main components of their skill position and, like, quarterback stuff intact, which is – and a lot of the defense still intact. But, yeah, that's fair. 
But I don't think still, even given that, a lot of us or a lot of people in football media in general saw this decline coming. Like a lot of people still had the Ra- the Rams as favored to either repeat for the Super Bowl or at least to win the NFC. So maybe we should have seen it coming more, but I don't think we've given the Rams enough shit up to this point because we would we assumed they would turn it around. I mean, at this point, I don't know. It's their offensive if they line and turn it around. No, oh, their season is over, and, and they got a first round pick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, their season is over. Their offensive line, they can't get it right. They got injuries on top of the retirement of your left tackle. That's going to just deplete the whole offense. Cooper Cup's gone. Cooper Cup got hurt, even though Cooper Cup was still Cooper Cup. Like, he was still Cooper Cup despite all the struggles. I mean, let's be honest. Matthew Stafford only fucking throw him the ball, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's let's get this straight. This man only throw the ball to him. I was shocked Allen Robinson got five receptions last game for what 50 yards or some shit and two, a touchdown or something like I was shocked he even got that yeah what else we got Sam so and then lastly on the quarterback front the well second to last we'll get into the last thing when we get into the tee off but um the Texans are benching Davis Mills their quarterback this week after another bad loss uh this past week versus the commanders where they were only able to put up 10 points so back up Quarterback Kyle Allen will start this weekend against the Dolphins. And then we can move into the tee-off. You want to hit the button for me? I got you. (laughs) Oh, spit that tea, sis. I'm about to. So, this week's (laughs) tee-off. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> don't ever do that again. I'm going to spare you. Don't do that shit again. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, for this week's tee off, I'm going to have to pile on to someone that's been getting talked about a lot today and this week. And that's quarterback for the Jets, Zach Wilson. Um, he's been benched ahead of their week 12 matchup against the bears. Mike white is going to start a quarterback for the jets. And this comes after they suffered that 10 to three loss against the Patriots that we were mentioning, uh, in the players of the week where the game was won on a last second putt return for a touchdown after the jets defense had held the Patriots offense to just three points all game. A couple of things I think are really important to keep in mind when talking about the Zach Wilson situation that, like I mentioned before, everyone's kind of piling on right now uh, is one that the Jets are a lot better than we or anyone expected them to be. They're a six and four team. And in the preseason, no one expected them to do anything. The reason they are a six and four team is because of their defense. They're fourth in sacks, fourth in interceptions, top 10 in turnovers, forced yards allowed points given up. All these stats show that the Jets are a legitimate, contender to be a top five defense the second thing is that the Jets have real threats at their skill positions but since Brees Hall went down with his season ending injury the offense has looked dead and the third thing to keep in mind is that Zach Wilson was the second overall pick in the 2021 draft he was the second quarterback and second player taken only behind Trevor Lawrence drafted ahead of players like Justin Fields and other quarterbacks in that class like Mac Jones and Trey Lance and taken ahead of guys like Jamar Chase, Patrick Sertan, and Micah Parsons. So while it might seem to be a little bit unfair to be piling on 
a second year quarterback. That's important to to keep in mind because these are players that have already started to show like elite, elite talent in the NFL. So with those things said, I understand that there's kind of a frenzy of shitting on Zach Wilson this week. He's getting piled on and a lot of it is nitpicky. People are bringing up a lot of advanced stats, but I do think there's a lot of validity to what people are calling out about Zach Wilson specifically. And it's his lack of accountability after the game when asked about when asked about the lackluster offense and only scoring three points, Jets head coach Robert Sala said the offense was horseshit. Garrett Wilson made it unclear or made it clear that he was unhappy with the game plan and that they have to be better with the execution. And then they asked the leader of the team, the quarterback, the number two pick, uh, who completed nine total passes on the day for 77 yards, if he felt like he let the defense down and all he said was no and, and moved on. Um, what do you all think about that answer? Shit, you, should seen, you should have saw what all the defensive players said. Them boys all had the same tweet queued up. <laughs> Yo, look, Elijah Moore, I think it was, had the picture of himself That's throwing the ball on his IG story. <laughs> A little put me in, coach. I mean, look. Put me in, coach. <laughs> It, he's lost the locker room, and that's very clear. And you can tell that no one overstated this because he is a healthy, inactive player. He went from the starter to the third-string quarterback on the roster. Additionally, is that team is missing a couple pieces, but they're still in contention to make the playoffs. So they're missing a starting left tackle. They lost Brees Hall. I want to say they lost someone on defense. And they're still playing good. So, like, it's kind of like, okay, Zach, like, what are you doing? Because Sauce in the secondary is playing exceptional, especially Sauce. The D-line with Quinn Williams, uh, they have the rookie from Florida State. I don't I don't know if he's done much. And then they also have uh, Carl Lawson. Like, they got a pretty decent team. Not great, but, like, if their quarterback plays good, the defense can hold up a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. I, I just want to throw like everyone's throwing out these like a lot of advanced stats, and you I don't, don't even need think them. He's just bad. To, just he, bad. Like he has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns in twenty games this past week. They punted more than he could, he had. They had more punts than completed passes. Like the you don't even need to read that deep into it. And like for like I just. To cherry pick a couple of things that I thought were hilarious, Zach Wilson has less touchdowns this year than Jameis Wilson than Jameis Winston. Zach Wilson has less touchdowns this year than Taylor Heineke. Zach Wilson has less touchdowns this year than Bailey Zappi, bro. These are players Yo, that have played okay, in Bailey like was three games. Fire. They played in like three games. He played that in boy, seven. That boy Bailey was snapping low key. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, Zach is Zach is just not it. He's not at least right now. Maybe he gets better, but you can't both you can't both be a bad locker room person slash teammate and play bad on the field. You got to pick a struggle. I mean, look, <laughs> tell niggas to pick a struggle like they want to pick a struggle. <laughs> well, well, if you if you got a struggle, pick one. Like the Bills. <laughs> 
to the Jets this year, and Josh Allen after that game said it was because he played like shit. Like oh, maybe like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson should take a page out of Josh Allen's book. And, like, I don't know, dude. Like, obviously, we don't know these people. That These are just, like, narratives that get thrown out there. But Zach Wilson seems a little arrogant and has always seemed a little arrogant since coming into the league. And, like, he just, like, doesn't have to be accountable and can't doesn't admit to mistakes. And I don't think he should have to go on an apology tour to the media for playing bad. But you got to at least – hold yourself accountable in public and like say it with your chat, like be out there and, and be accountable to your team to some extent. Like you, you can't just say no. Mean it. You ain't even got to mean it. You, all you have to do is say the right thing and you already know what the right thing it is to say. Like the bears lost, right? Cairo Santos missed the kick. The special teams let back of, return touchdown to Cordell Patterson and like our defense is just bad and we lost by three points right and Justin they, they asked Justin a similar question and Justin was like I feel like I let our defense down I feel like I let our team down we're gonna do better we're gonna get back in the lab we're gonna work until we get it right like you yeah, know that's the a game right where he threw say. one yeah he threw one pick and his defense gave up over 30 points and he's there taking the blame because you're the public-facing head of the team. Like, you are the quarterback. You are the leader. Like, quarterback is overemphasized as the most important part of a football team. It is not the most important thing that makes a team work. Like, definitely the O-line is more important than having a quarterback. But from, like, a public-facing and leadership perspective, that is something that, like, actually doesn't get – overemphasized or I think actually is correctly emphasized that the quarterback needs to be kind of the voice and face of the team and for you to not take accountability and to let your defense kind of kind of like it's it it seems disrespectful I mean I feel like the Jets feel like it's disrespectful too we all can see that but I don't think he should have to like apologize for play every time he plays bad to the media but you could at least acknowledge that you didn't play good. I mean, yeah. Russell Westbrook. Oh, well, here we are. (laughs) Eric is here to say that the Falcons beat the Bears. Uh, We actually just talked about this game. So he's stealing my shit. He said, boo the ass. Man, be tuned in a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. That's it for the tee off, though. Honestly. All right. Facts. Facts. Oh, spit that tee, sis. Spit that tee, sis. All right. Let's run into the RPO. Ooh, guess who got the RPO? I got the RPO, guys. Let me pull it up. All right. So we got the run pass. Uh, the first question is for you, Ant. Runner pass. The Cardinals will fire their head coach before the season. Ends. Cliff Kingsbury is he gone before the season ends. I'm passing. Like they're not gonna fire him. They just extended him. Like you understand, they just put bread bread behind him and a Kyler extension as a combination. Like he's making it out of this season, and he might even make it one more at least. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. All right, Sam. This next one's for you. 
Oh, hater out, turkey. Happy Turkey Day to you, boys. Be well, except the one who supports the Bears. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Mathis. Yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. But uh, all right, yeah, this one's for you, or Sam. This one's for you. The Cowboys will sign Odell. Runner pass. I'm going to run with it. He said that it is between New York and Dallas, and I think that this weekend was a pretty good showcase on why he should pick one over the other or why he might want to. I think the Cowboys are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I think Odell wants to contribute to a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I think that after the beatdown they put on the Vikings, they might believe it a little bit more than they did before and be willing to spend the money when maybe they weren't sure if it would be worth it a few weeks ago or if they were for real. But Dak looks good. The defense looks amazing, so I think go out and get them a weapon. I mean, a Super Bowl in Dallas and Dallas being back on top uh, of the NFL world would mean more to their fan base and more to ownership than that contract, than like a one- or two-year contract to Odell would cost. And I think that like the profit you would make from winning a Super Bowl or or being in a Super Bowl – so much outweighs the like one year of money you would have to commit to get a guy like that. Fuck it. I don't want them to win the Super Bowl, but valid argument. <laughs> All right. Then this is this rolls right into our next question. Uh we kind of answered this. We yeah, we answered this. The Jets have no faith in Zach Wilson. Safe to say they're looking for a new quarterback during the draft for free agency. Runner pass. What is- so this is the part we didn't talk about, but I do believe that even though he's the second pick in the draft, I'm running with this. He's losing the locker room. He isn't showing much, if any, progression, and it doesn't seem like he has the intangibles to be a franchise QB right now. And I think that latter part is going to be the big thing. I honestly believe because the Jets will have a good pick this year, they're going to look into Jimmy G. Yeah, they're going to look into Jimmy G at the end of the year, if they want to win now because they believe they've created that defense that can win now and it's cheap and young, they have Brees Hall, running backs, they believe they have wide receivers. Who do they Jimmy take? G- huh? Who do they take with that pick? Like, do you go – like Get another receiver, get another uh, lineman. Like, you could put it anywhere else, which your pick is going to be, like, low in the draft. All the good quarterbacks are going, like, top five, right, the really good ones, like, you don't need another Zach Wilson. You know Jimmy G can play in that type of a system where you don't need the QB to do a lot because your defense is really good. You have playmakers. You just need someone that can put the ball accurately at the right read. Why not? That's fair. That's fair. Fair argument. All right. This one's for all of us because it was quite funny to see Chavarius Ward calling somebody steroid boy. Is it safe to say that uh, Nuke, a.k.a. DeAndre Hopkins, is washed? Runner pass. pass on that bull. Come on now. Everybody know Nuke is still him, and he has showed that in limited games this year, and the only reason why Ward said that is because Nuke was cooking him. Had like 9 for 90 on his head, was cooking him in single coverage, was cooking him in double coverage. He cooked him and another guy and sat and pointed at both of them and was like, you and you? He mad. He just mad. He mad. He mad. And it's okay to be mad. I, I steroid boy is absolutely agree. hilarious, though. Like, no, that, that is absolutely hilarious. 
<laughs> trying to make that stick in football doesn't even work because, like, in the NFL, your your legacy doesn't even get tainted if you use steroids. Like, you get suspended for your, like, seven games or whatever, and no one's talking about, like, is DeAndre Hopkins' legacy ruined? It's only in, like, baseball and Olympic shit that doping and steroids, like, actually is viewed as, like, a, like, career-tainting thing. Like, people view Lance Armstrong and Barry Bonds in a completely different light than they view DeAndre Hopkins. And it's arbitrary, but it's just, like, football, they don't care that people use steroids. It's, like, fucking a barbaric sport. Obviously, people need to use human growth hormone because they get their arm broken every other week and need to heal faster. Like, bro, no one cares about steroids in football. That, that like, I, I just feel like that's not going to stick. I facts. Facts. That's the run pass. All right, let's move into the game of the week. All right, there's a lot of good games this week, but for me, by far, the game of the week is Bengals versus Titans. Like, both of these teams are hot as of late. Jerbo was going crazy without Jamar Chase, and now Jamar Chase is coming back. Titans got Traylon Burks going, going last week. He went crazy. Derrick Henry's leading the league in rushing. I think this is going to be, like, the most competitive game of the week. I think there's actually a lot of um, beatings on the schedule. Like, I think the Chargers are going to thump the Cardinals. The Rams are going to thump the Chiefs. I mean, Chiefs are going to thump the Rams. Like, Packers-Eagles could be good, but I don't believe in the Packers. So, oh my god, they look awful. Oh my fucking yeah. god. Bengals Titans, I feel like by far will be like the most competitive game of the week. I'm actually really interested to see how that turns out. So, it's also a big playoff rematch. Mm-hmm. 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 Speaking of, let's move into the five fly picks. So, we are coming off a two and three. Five fly for week 10. We we had our bye week last week in week 11, so we didn't have a chance to see how it played out. I don't even remember what my picks were going to be last week, so I didn't even see how they would have done. But for this week, I'm only taking one game on Thanksgiving. I hate the other two lines. Um, but I do like the Vikings minus two and a half um, uh, against the Patriots. It's Kirk's time to get it back in blood. This is the best spread you could have hoped for if you want to bet on the Vikings because the Vikings just got destroyed. Um, So Vegas doesn't have a lot of faith in them. That's why the spread's only at two and a half. Um, It's also a Bill Belichick defense coming in on Thanksgiving. But I think one thing you just have to hold out hope for if you want to bet on this game or just realize is that the Cowboys' defense is just different. The Patriots' defense are not the Cowboys, and their offense is not on the level of the Cowboys either. While they do have a pretty elite run game with Stevenson and Harris, um, I think that ultimately, if it does become a shootout, the Vikings' offense is more suited to put up points. They are, I think, this, uh, this stat has been circulating social media a lot. It's like, they're the only eight and two team in NFL history with a negative point differential, but they do win close games. Uh, the reason their point differential is as bad as it is is because they have had two blowouts against the Cowboys and the Eagles and then win 
a bunch of close games. So I think they cover the spread and can win this game by a field goal. I don't think that even though a few weeks ago I did say that the Vikings were frauds before they beat the Bills, um, I waited – I was too early in that take. I should have waited to say that uh, about them playing the Cowboys, but I don't see them uh, going down and losing uh, that many an, – another game uh, after the tough beating that they just took. The next game I'm taking is – contingent on if Justin Fields is going to play. Um, I would say that if you're someone who wants to bet on this game, you should just take it now, assuming that Justin Fields will play or hoping that Justin Fields will play. Because right now the line is at bears plus 4.5. The Jets are starting a backup quarterback. The bears may be forced to start a backup quarterback. But if Justin Fields does end up starting, the line is going to move. So this is the best Bears line you're going to get while it's still up in the air if Justin Fields is playing. So if you think that even regardless of if Fields plays or not, the Bears can come within five in this game, I think now would be the time to take them rather than waiting to see if Fields plays because the line's going to move. Zach Wilson just got benched. The Jets scored three points last week. Their defense looks really good. Um, But especially since Brees Hall got injured, the offense can't do anything. The Bears have lost four in a row, but they've scored at least 24 points in all of those losses. Their problem has been the ability to get stops, like Obuli said, their defense, not their offense. And uh, if I I think that they can remain within four and a half points of the Jets because of that, Um, because the Jets – inability to score and the bears inability to get stops. Um, We'll see how those play out. But I think that especially if Justin Fields plays, I love that line. The third game I have is Ravens minus four at the Jaguars. The Ravens defense has looked really strong the last few weeks. I trust them to keep the Jags off the board enough to cover the spread. Jags have lost five games in a row, all by more than four points. Um, and with the division race between the Bengals and Ravens tightening up, this is kind of a must win for and Baltimore. Race. Hey, it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, to cut you off, I had to say that. <laughs> they got one more. They play, the Bengals and Ravens have to play one more time, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, so, I mean, the Ravens are going to want to win against these, like, lesser teams to, like, stay within a couple of games ahead of the Bengals. And this isn't really a must-win for Jacksonville because they're all but out of the playoff race in the AFC South um, with the Titans winning another game last week against the Packers. It's looking like the uh, AFC, what is it, East? Yeah. The Patriots is snagging all the playoff spots, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It is. The last. This line is hilarious, but I'm taking it. Chiefs minus 14 and a half versus the Rams. <laughs> the Rams are starting yeah. their backup quarterback. Their offensive line is terrible. I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL right now, and the Rams are one of the worst. So I'm saying fuck it and taking the 14 and a half. I wish it were 13 and a half. I really see the Chiefs winning this game by 14, but I'm going to say fuck it and say that they can get that half a point too. Um, do y'all think that is crazy for the line? No, because it's a covering? third string quarterback. It's not even their backup. 
It's an yeah, undrafted free agent in his first NFL line, game. No Cooper Cup. No run game. Like, I'm expecting Patrick Mahomes to look real. He's honestly, to me, if I had to pick a, the MVP right motherfucking now, it's him. And I know people don't want to say it's him. It's fucking him. Because he, he showed so far this year. Every, no, look, hear me out, Amp. Everybody always says, like, we all say it, like, Lamar or Josh Allen or I don't know who else you fucking think of. But those two. Jalen Hurts. That's who. Yeah, you can throw Jalen Hurts in there. But they're – no, no, you can't throw them in there right now. But I'm saying those two aren't that far from Mahomes. Like, Allen and Lamar and then – you could probably find someone else. I'm not saying Hurts, but someone else that, like, that they're not that far off. Like, they can catch him. And every year so far, every time I say that, I utterly regret it because he shows how far off they are. Like, he just looks ridiculous. Like, you know he's going to go throw the ball. They're not going to run the ball. He's going to throw the ball. They ran it last week, and they did it well. Three tight ends on the field and just ran Pacheco. That rookie Pacheco is looking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think how far he is from everybody, how well he's playing. Uh, Of course, he has Travis Kelsey. Who at this point three touchdowns again, again? Bro, he's gonna give. I promise you, he's gonna give. By the time he hangs it up, which I can see it being in the next year or two, he's giving Gronk a run for the money. Like he is easily giving a Gronk a run for the money at best tight end because it's looking ridiculous at this point. The way he moves doesn't get hit, makes it's people miss. The rings different though. Fuck them rings! <laughs> it's a damn team sport. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the rings, bro. Like, it's a damn team sport. It ain't his fault. But, uh, yeah, it just I just think Mahomes would be the early MVP favorite. Jalen does have an argument. He is up there. But I just think how Mahomes looks. And th- there's the interesting thing. Mahomes can run the ball. He just doesn't. Like, he literally can run the fucking ball. He literally just chooses not to run it. Like, it's not because he's slow. He does that little stupid, little weird run where he looks like he's running really slow. But the bitch is running real fucking fast. <laughs> like shit. Him running the ball is always so funny. Bro, he's yeah. running. I'm like, bitch, run, damn it. But yeah. I mean, hey. And it works for him. But I just think the difference between him and all the other quarterbacks is it's larger than what we really think. And I think we gotta give it to him. Okay. I'm not mad at that take at all. And then uh, the last, the, the fifth one for the five fly, I got Browns plus three and a half at home versus the Bucks. This is presumably Jacoby Brissett's last game starting for the Browns. I think it's going to be an all out uh, sort of last ditch effort to showcase what he's got to some teams looking for a quarterback next year. And I think they keep it within a field goal, especially trying to keep it. I mean, I don't think he gives a shit about keeping the division rate ties, uh, race tight because of Deshaun coming back. I think he's literally just out there to showcase his talent and potentially get another job because there are a lot of teams with bad quarterbacks who could certainly use Jacoby Brissett over who they have now. So I think he'll be in line to get a job next year, and I think he's going to try to go out and showcase it. Same way he looked really good getting the ball to Amari last week. I see him doing that, and I think – They'll lead on their run game and use Nick Chubb to the point that they can stay in that game versus Brady and the Bucks. Uh, I especially like that it's three and a half and like not three or two and a half. I think the the Browns can stay within a field goal in this game. I don't know if people are gonna go jump on the bandwagon and go get them because unless your team's built like the Browns, I don't see him performing like he is. Unless your team is rep like 
can is ideally similar or can replicate what they do. You know, like you have a top wide out, you got a top running back, a well put together the line. Saints. I mean, yeah, like, but the Saints they play fucking Jameis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jameis was pressed saying that he the, the policy on the Saints was that you don't lose your job because of injury, and then he lost his job because of injury. Like, how bad could he be compared to what Andy Dalton does? That's what I really want to know. Like, I think they're just like, Andy's doing well. We don't want to make a change again. But y'all not making the playoffs. That's the other thing. Like, I'm all with for playing with shit when you're not making the playoffs. Like, you see Carolina doing it. They're like, all right, we'll go through quarterback <laughs> himself. You're starting this week. P.J. Tucker's down. You're starting. You're Like, just do it. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. They don't have a first-round pick, though. So, Saints? They got, I mean, yeah. Oh, pretty sure. Oh, you do have a second. Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> that Eagles team is a little dumb, scary. <laughs> well, actually, no, I because I feel like those linemen on the Eagles are about to hang it up. Like Lane Johnson, the right tackle, uh, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, but you already see them replenishing. Yeah, but those dudes are. Let's be honest. That right tackle is not slow. He does not look like he's slowing down. He just looks like he's going to age out and be like, "Hey, I'm going to probably walk away." Yeah. But I don't know. You're not going to find no just random right tackle you could snag and be like, "Bro." Fun fact: I never knew how big some of these tackles were. Shout out to Trent Brown and Orlando Brown. Both of these motherfuckers are six eight. Oh my god! Yeah, Orlando Brown from that so Raven. <laughs> All right, on that note, we are going into the no huddle. The fly route pod. Okay, so we this week we will be doing trivia again. But but the questions will be a little bit different. They're going to be more general trivia, not just stat-based trivia, but you know, they'll be here here and there. All right. So, the first question I have for you all is what is the only NFL team to complete a perfect season? The Dolphins. Were we okay. supposed to wait on you to give us answers? Uh, no, go ahead. Oh. You got it. You got it. You <laughs> I think it's it. obvious because everybody talks about it all the time. Like, even if you hey. didn't know, whenever someone's like 6 0, people are like, oh my God, the Dolphins are shaking. Okay, perfect. The next one, Sam will get the first crack at because it did not give structure to this. Uh, all right. So, which NFL coach has the most wins in history? We get no uh, names. Bill Belichick. No, you want to start at Steel uh, Keys? It's fucking. You ain't gonna give us no names. No. Uh, no. Fuck, it's not Bill. Is it Bill Parcells? No. Okay. No. All right. No points are awarded, but the answer is Don Shula, who has three hundred and forty-seven wins. Bills in like the one. three. 320s like bill is bill is on his ass it seems like it's gonna happen inevitably okay the next one keith you get to go first um let's see which who was the steelers head coach before the current coach mike tomlin we not getting no names no there ain't no names this time my guy bitch i'm dead flies i don't know i'm dead okay he had the fucking mustache yeah, he did. Ball. Uh, He's on Sunday Sunday football, ain't he? His first name, I'll give you all a hint. The first name starts with a B. It's Bill something, isn't it? 
Bill Cundiff? Or... Oh, we are mad He close. has a mustache. Like, the first name of Bill is correct. I don't fucking know. All it's right. Bill. The answer is Bill Coward. Oh, my fucking God. Mm, that was close. That was mad close, though. I'm going to give Sam half a point for getting the Bill part correct. I'm just going to say Half a point. Half a point. I can picture right. his face. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. All right, we'll go a little bit more modern history. Okay, yeah, I'll say that. This one goes to Sam first. Who was the first player ever to be a unanimous MVP in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes. Peyton Manning. Both of you are oh, wrong. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tom. It was Tom. It was Tom. Bonus point. Who was the second? It's Lamar. Let's give my fucking money, boy. All right, all right. It's two to a half. I will say we will. Oh, hold on. Two. What's the score? You have two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We I thought chill, you my you, guy. I thought chill. you said that you two to two and a half. I was like, whoa, 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 right. whoa, whoa, bitch. Sam, which quarterback in NFL history has the most fourth quarter comebacks? Matthew Stafford? Aaron Rodgers. I, okay, we will always do multiple choice from this point on. I promise you that. It, it is not that. Y'all both want to get another crack at it? Tom Brady. No. Uh, that was close. I'm, uh, Peyton Manning. Drew Brees? Peyton Hold on, Manning. I said Peyton. You said it wasn't. No, you said something else. But I swear I said Peyton. I'm, I'm, I'm I think you said you Peyton earlier, like for like. Yeah, like, you said Peyton for unanimous MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keith's over here trying to finesse points, like. <laughs> All right, it's one and a half to two. Mm-mm. Who has the all right? This one keys gets to start with. Who has the most rushing touchdowns of all time? Uh is it Walter Payton? No, you want to try to steal. Jim Brown? Emmett. Yeah, the answer is Emmett Smith. I fucking the answer money, is Emmett boy. Smith. All right, all right. Sam, who has the most receptions of all time? In a single season or total? Total. In a single season, it's Mike fucking Thomas. So he I know that. <laughs> but, but <laughs> uh, Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice is the answer. Yeah, that's, that's unanimous. All right, all right. Uh, Keys, what is the oldest NFL stadium? Arrowhead. No. Possible steal. The fuck you uh, mean? Uh, Green Bay? No. The Bear, hold on. The, the Bears haven't moved their stadium. It's the Bears. Yes, it is the Bears. It is the Bears. It is Soldier Field. It is Soldier Field. But I bet you Soldiers, Lambo, and then uh, the Arrowhead are the the top three. That's very likely. (laughs) Um, All right. 
Keese is kind of taking off on you, my guy. I don't even know if there's enough questions for you to come back. Ain't no comeback season. All right. All right. All right. Let's try to make a comeback. All right, Sam, who has the most interceptions thrown of all time? Most interceptions thrown of all time. Yes. Oh, my God. Who is out here long enough to be doing that? Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger? No. Are they still playing? I will answer if you get it wrong. I will give hints. I don't think it's Tom, but I feel like I could say Tom, but I want to say it's Peyton. No. So the hint is they are retired. Brett Favre. It is Brett Favre. Oh, yeah. It Fuck is Brett yes. Favre. All right. It is just... Brett Favre. All right. Let's try this one. Who had more Pro Bowls, Ray Lewis or Tony Gonzalez? Ray Lewis. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. He had 14. Ray had 13. Oh, Ray had 10. oh okay, okay. Uh, damn. Yeah, that, that's that's game. I mean, damn, yeah. damn. He did, he, yeah, yeah, like damn. Oh. I I will remember multiple choice for all trivia questions going forward. Oh yeah, forward. Fish got us thinking off the top of our head. I'm like, Fish. some of these, some of these were like obvious. All right, bitch, I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. Who was the most comeback wins? Uh, it was fourth quarter comebacks was Peyton. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to the last segment of the show, the heart of the show, Ballers Bouquet. Too often in the media, people only focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never give them their credit where credit is due. Here we like to make a change. So this week's Ballers Bouquet goes to Orlando Brown Jr. of the Kansas City Chiefs for his donation of $50,000 to the Children's Mercy Hospital type one diabetes research center he spent a ton of hours there meeting with the kids you know just donating his time but also decided to go into his wallet and make a donation as well the children's hospital works on trying to find a cure to type one diabetes and just general diabetes cures this is a this is a cause that is particularly dear to Orlando Brown's heart. He has had multiple family members that had to deal with diabetes. His dad, who also played in the NFL, passed away from diabetes complications. He also has grandparents that died in a similar fashion. He has a brother that has type 1 diabetes. So this is a particularly near and dear cause to his heart. And this shows just like an immense amount of personal fortitude and care for his community in Kansas city. So that's why he gets this week's ballers bouquet. I, we are, we are, that's it. That's it. That's all folks. Exactly one hour in. Yes, sir. Look at the timing. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving. I hope y'all be safe. You know, look at this crispy ass lineup. This is gonna be a grand tomorrow. <laughs> that shit is hey that boy speed. Shout out to my barber. That boy named Speed. That boy did something today. <laughs> that boy got me right today. 
That boy always give me right. Shout out to Speedy. Well, facts. Word. Fuck, fuck the Bears. Fuck the Saints. <laughs> Nick Trust. Why are y'all hating on the Bears? Like, oh, we don't Jay. Even do shit. The flesh. We don't even do shit. Like, we be <laughs> chilling. Y'all just feel so threatened. Threatened by what, bitch? You got the generic Lamar Jackson. I ain't threatened by shit. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's wild. That's wild. Okay. That's like you got the the great value Lamar Jackson. The Eagles. That's like calling Lamar great value Vic when he got into the league. Get the fuck out of here. Vic even said that. Vic. Vic said. Yes, and Vic said that after Lamar had played several years in the league and was really doing his thing. Just remember. Justin Fields is the fifth leading rusher in the NFL right now. What that got to do with what? What you got, a running back throwing a ball? Of all people? <laughs> of all people? Sir. Sir, excuse me. The I'm nerve. The nerve. The nerve. I'm going to just tell you what the, the nerve. When that boy start really cooking, the folks going to say that. So get ready. They're already saying it. But I'm just saying, the nerve of you, Lamar Jackson, stand to utter those words. I already think Justin Fields like that, but he's just a a generic version of LJ. And Jalen Hurts, that boy, is a bootleg version of LJ. Neither of these players are LJ. I can't wait to see which one of them gets a wide receiver first. (laughs) 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 At least we traded for one. The Eagles got one right now. They turned. I'm talking. I'm talking about Justin and Lamar. Oh, Lamar not getting one, bro. Yeah, once, so. once the Ravens sold, bro, they really thought put Marquise Brown in Greg Roman's system. In hindsight, like looking back, out of all the receivers you could have got, he did not make sense to get. Like I get, he wanted them, but like AJ Brown would have fit perfect. Justin Jefferson would have been nice. Uh, I I don't know if DK, DK would did good, but Debo would have been nice in that system. And then now you go you, you go back the last offseason, you could have traded for some of those dudes when they got before they got paid. When teams would have listened but to you. You ain't even trying to pay Lamar. Who are you paying? You about to pay you about to pay AJ that contract? You we're ain't gonna never gonna pay Lamar. We're about to pay You a, know who interior. they should get? We're gonna pay an interior linebacker. Get, who? The Ravens should get Terrace Marshall from the Panthers. He is a competent quarterback away from being like I thought they were going to draft Upper him. Upper stratosphere yeah. receiver. I thought we were going to draft him when they had the chance, but they didn't draft him. I mean, I don't, y'all I don't, don't know. like wide receivers. We don't. don't it, our best, our best you franchise. You got wide. D-Jack. Our best franchise. <laughs> That's home. what you get for <laughs> hating. That's what you get for hating. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for hating. All right, y'all. Appreciate you. Cut your shit off. <laughs>